Dean, hello. We actually wanted to chat last week, but you, I believe, were at a magic convention. Can you tell me a bit about that? Hi, Casey. Yes, thank you for having me on the podcast, first and foremost. So, yeah, that's it. We were at the annual gathering of wizards, as I call it, which is a convention that takes place every year in Blackpool in the northwest of England, a venue called the Winds Gardens. Listeners will probably be familiar with that venue if they've been to Blackpool, of course. And every year, thousands of magicians from all around the world get together. It's called the Blackpool Magic Convention. The public can go and see it. Lots of magic, as you can imagine. Shows, seminars, lectures, competitions people that are really geeky and into magic like me but also what we call lay people which is non-magicians or if anyone's a fan of harry potter you'd be known as muggles yeah i think i've only just come back down to planet earth from it because as you can imagine it's amazing and there's things going off everywhere there's fire people doing tricks it's like you're in a movie all weekend so it's absolutely incredible yeah so i'm really excited to be speaking today actually although slightly nervous and slightly nervous to bump into you in the office having (laughs) known now what i didn't know before you're a salesperson by day, but your life is quite different outside of the office and outside of the soapworks. Do you want to tell us a bit about how you got into this and where this whole thing started? That's right, Casey. I do have a, a mystery life outside of talk, talk business. So my story actually is very uh, sort of classical, stereotypical for a magician, shown a trick by my uncle when I was a kid. And he did the trick with an elastic band, a couple of elastic bands, actually. And the, the elastic bands seemed to melt through each other. It was amazing. But it really struck me, and I loved it. It stuck with me forever. And then I went on this journey from being a child, practicing magic as a hobby, to turning it into something that I could do as a side hustle, but just going out and performing, and I absolutely love it. So there's two elements to this. I go out and perform. I'm a stage mind reader. That's my act. So you're right in thinking, I've got to be careful what I'm thinking if you see me in the office, Casey. (laughs) That's the bit I'm a bit nervous about. (laughs) It's all good fun, though. It's all good fun. It's all about the entertainment value. Although you do get some controversial magicians, but Mm. that's that's for another day. So yeah, I go out and perform on stage. Uh, That that has different branches as well. I'm part of a mind reading duo called R&D Mind Control. So yeah, I was I was due to go over to, to Santa Monica in California and perform my stage show with my partner in crime, Rick Green, as R&D Mind Control. Obviously, everything happened. That put the kibosh on it, so we couldn't go over there, but we were booked for this theatre. And then everything sort of crashed and burned overnight. So there's a reason I'm linking this now and telling you this story in the context, because with that stage not happening, and like performers around the world, not just in magic, you know, if you're you're an actor, actress comedian whatever our portfolios practically disappeared to use a, a magic term overnight because we couldn't go out and perform of course and this horrified me so for a number of reasons one i couldn't go out and perform but secondly for my fellow artists and performers and i had thought long and hard about what i could do to help the magic industry and this is where the factory of magic was born so this is my talent agency that i set up and when that happened dean how did you feel was it you say it happened overnight. Did you Could you see it coming? Did you have to put any extra plans in place? Yes, we did. We had to completely change how we performed. So if you think about it, if you ask somebody to pick a card, if you're not there in person, how does that person pick a card? So did you have to relearn all of your magic that you once knew? Yeah, or repurpose it, existing routines and tricks and things to be able to do to do virtually. And this big industry effectively sprung up off the back of it. So We have quite a small roster of magicians, so I don't have to manage hundreds of people. It's not a full-time job. Working at Talk Talk is, of course, you know, it's something I can kind of do in my spare time. It's very rewarding, like my job here is. Yeah, and I suppose 
you say everything changed overnight and everything went online. Do you think in some ways that made magic and watching these kind of performances more accessible for people? I think so, yes. I mean, if you, in a way, virtual magic, even though it felt like it sprung up overnight, two or three years ago, it's been around since TV's been around, really, because you've watched magicians on TV. Paul Daniels in the 80s, Wayne Dobson in the 90s, Paul Zenon, a UK magician that, that coined the term uh, street magic, where you would have seen David Blaine. And some of the things that they perform have been interactive, so you can do through the screen. So it's kind of always been there. But I think moving to those platforms such as performing over teams is a different way to engage. It's more interactive. You can, you know, you can bring someone up on the virtual stage as it as it were. So it has changed the game completely. Lots of and I think also as well, it's it's brought magic into into a lot more homes. Yeah, I suppose it's that halfway mark, isn't it, between watching it on TV and actually being there in the theatre. So I want to ask you about the magic circle. Is it a real thing? How do you get into it? And what is it? Sure. So it's a question lots and lots of people ask, and it's something I'm very proud of being uh, a member of. Yes, I can tell you about it. And there's a big promotional drive. They're trying to get more and more people to, to become members, but it's not necessarily easy. First and foremost, you have to have a love and a passion of magic, right? So King Charles is a member of the Magic Circle, which I think is quite topical. He's just about to get coronated. Uh, it does really good cups and balls routine. This is, it feels so random when nobody's heard about this. Everybody's seen cups and balls, right? Have you seen that, Casey, or am I talking nonsense? Um, I don't want to say no, but... It's all right. A magician has three cups, and he has one ball, and then he's putting the ball under the cup, and he asks you, where's the ball? And you have to guess. It's like a sort of guessing game. Anyway, you slightly right, okay. plan to move it round. Hopefully, I'm painting a picture. I don't perform it very well. Although I do have a picture of somebody performing that on my wrist. I appreciate people listening. And is that the test to get into the magic circle? No, because I would have failed because I can't do that (laughs) particular routine. So I'll come on to how I I became a member. But I guess some of the background. So the magic circle is based in in London, not not too far from Euston Station. That's where the headquarters is. It's one of the oldest magic societies in the world. It's only predated by SAM, which is the Society of American Magicians. To show you how old that is, Houdini was a member of that. And that originally started. So that was set up just before the Magic Circle. So this is uh, a society, a club, I guess you could call it, for magicians from around the world. You don't have to be based in the UK to become a member. And it's a way of us getting together, sharing information, putting on shows, and generally helping each other to elevate our art form. So I became a member around three years ago, and it's one of my proudest achievements to, to date. To become a member, you there's a couple of things you have to do. So you sit effectively an interview. You talk about magic, it's so they can they can understand what your level of knowledge is and to show that you are really passionate about it. You know, it's something that you really care about because they want people to promote the industry, of course, and the art form. So you uh, have an interview, which is quite nervy because it's you know you're not interviewing for a job. It's quite an unusual situation, really. And then you have to do a performance. There's two formats for this. One is virtually, which I got to do, and the other one is in person. If you do it in person, you have to go down to London to the HQ in front of other full-time professional magicians, which I imagine is nervy as hell. I didn't have to do that. I was able to do it from the comfort of my uh, living room, although I set it up so it was a stage. I was going to say, it might be quite different to performing to people who don't know magic because essentially you're performing a trick to someone who knows how you're doing it. Yes, which is why I tend not to perform in front of other magicians because my background is mind reading. It's quite difficult to perform that to a magician that perhaps understands some of the techniques that I use, whereas sleight of hand is very deceiving and you don't know what's going on. 
whereas mind reading is very much a verbal form of the art. So, yeah, it's very nerve-wracking. Unfortunately, I was able to do it over uh, over teams. It, it, so there is actually another way of entering the magic circle, which was the path that I was going to do, and this is from an, ac- um, an academic perspective. So I actually wrote a thesis uh, on mentalism as, as an art form and discussing why it's an art form, why it's different from magic, why I love it, things like that, you know, it delves into the history and the theory around it. And I was about to submit that, and they said, why don't you just do a performance for us? So I did that, and that was obviously good enough. So I became a member, and I absolutely love it. In front of me now, I've got my magic degree, which is what you get in front of me, framed on the wall. I'm very, very proud of it. I, I wanted to do it throughout my life. It's something I talk to other people about. And, you know, it's an accreditation to say that, okay, you're a magician effectively. It's a great story. I, I don't know if you can tell what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> well, but, we, we will try something later on before the end of this uh, before the end of this podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, is there something that we can try now? Can you read my mind? Can you read the listeners' minds? Is there a little exercise we can do? There absolutely is. I want to do something for the listeners. There's going to be a little bit of maths involved. Just to, as a bit of process, just to kind of get you guys on the way, but you could be thinking of absolutely anything by the end of it because it's so random. So let's give this a try. So in case you get involved in this well as well. So nice and simple start off. I want you to think of a number between, let's say, 1 and 10. Don't tell me what the number is. Number between 1 and 10. I want you to multiply that number by 9. I would imagine it's a two-digit number. Yes. You have a two-digit number. Excellent. <laughs> Not giving much away. So split that up now and add those two digits together. So if it was like, you know, 73, you'd have the 7 and 3. So add those two numbers together. So 73, 7 and 3, yeah, it would be 10 and so on and so forth. Minus 5 from that number. Yep. You with me? There is a method to my madness. So the number that you have now, change the number to a letter in the alphabet. So A would be 1, B would be 2, C would be 3, and so on and so forth. Let me know when you have something. Yes, I do. Excellent. So I want you to think of, and hopefully everybody's doing this as well that's listening. So I want you to think of a country beginning with that letter. Don't say what the country is. Let me know when you have one. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Not giving it. You have a really good poker face. Brilliant. And a poker voice as well. I don't know if that's a thing. But uh, now I want you to think of an animal beginning with the second letter of that country. Got it. You've got it. Now think of a color of that animal to make it even more random. Gosh, this almost feels like a test. It is. Okay. <laughs> so you have something in mind now. So you have a country, an animal, and a colour. I do. But I get the suspicion that you have something very random because there are no grey elephants in Denmark. Huh? <laughs> Did I get it, Katie? Yeah, absolutely. Never come close to me in the office. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm impressed with that. <laughs> I was thinking he's never going to get this. <laughs> wow. Okay, so how does this help your day-to-day, Dean? And does it help with your home life? Does it help that you can read families' minds? Or <laughs> I wish it was probably a bit better than uh, that could do, and I'm sure my wife would agree with that. So, yeah, I would say it definitely does. I think being a magician, mind reader, and, and working as a salesperson, which is all I've ever done, really, uh, I think the skills are, are interchangeable. You know, to, to do... That particular uh, career role or performing, you have to be able to multitask. You know, you've got to be able to deal with people. You've got to be confident. So I utilize all of the skills, whether I'm speaking with a customer or I'm speaking with a client, I'm booking a show for. So 
it's really useful. There's lots of things within, you know, the training, et cetera, that I can use. Um, in sales, you know, sometimes you've got to present in front of people. Well, if you're already performing, you're used to performing on stage, that, you know, that that should be easy. I still get nervous when I, perform, <laughs> when I perform and anxious, like anybody does, I guess. Uh, but I know it's not for everybody because some people can't think of anything worse than standing up in front of a crowd and, and presenting or performing. In terms of home life, Yes, because I perform at home all the time and my kids probably get really sick of seeing me perform. They're still at the age where they enjoy it and everything's still really, really magical. But I think at some point it won't become cool, especially when I'm trying to impress the friends that they bring home. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it'll go down when you're trying to read the mind, asking where they were last night when they get to a certain age as well. (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to nick some of these gags, Casey. They're really good. (laughs) Dean, it's been great chatting to you. As I said, absolutely never come near me in the office again. <laughs> I don't want you reading my mind in any meetings. <laughs> <laughs> what, one last thing that I'd like to talk about, actually. So something that we've recently started doing through my company, The Factory Magic, and anyone that knows anyone that works in education or would like to utilise this within Talk Talk, we offer workshops now. Really, really rewarding. We've just produced a case study. This is any ages. best generally works uh, or where we've, it's been most popular. has been with young adults and children especially in deprived areas where they don't get much exposure to culture. They'll probably watch Britain's Got Talent, I'm a Celebrity, something like It's not really, you know, there's not much really cultural benefit around that. So we go and do our magic workshops. It's really rewarding. We have some excellent learning outcomes that what we'd say are essential building blocks to becoming an adult. So things like storytelling, confidence building, logical thinking, just from having a deck of cards and the children think that they're just learning a trick, but actually they're getting all these life skills as well. So it's becoming really popular. So I'm really proud of that. And it, But it also works for adults. There's more on sort of the ice-breaking, networking piece, team building, things like that. So I'd love to uh, get involved in that. No, that's a really, really lovely note to end on. And we'll put the link to that in the post as well so that any local schools or community groups that want to get involved and they can see where they need to go to find out more. Awesome. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Dean, it's been great chatting to you today. Thanks for your time. Thank you. That's all for today. If you like the podcast, please subscribe in your podcast app. And if you have time, give us a review. If you have a suggestion or question, get in touch on Twitter at TalkTalkGroup. You can follow us there or also on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot for listening.